0: Coming up on this episode of This Week in Linux, Canonical announced the codename for Ubuntu 18.04, Cody Entertainment Center saw a new release, and we'll check out some cool command line-based applications. We got some cool distro releases this week and some news from the Linux Mint's future. Later on in the show, we'll save some money in Linux gaming with the Steam Halloween sale. All that and much more coming up. I'm Michael Tanell with Tux Digital, and this is your weekly source for Linux GNU's. This episode of This Week in Linux is sponsored by the Tux Digital community, or to be more specific, the patrons who help with the expenses of the show in the Tux Digital Patreon. If you'd like to help out with the show, you can visit patreon.com slash digital and check it out. If you don't think you can afford, contribute much, just want to be clear that even $1 a month is incredibly appreciated, and I plan on trying to buy some new equipment for the show, so if you're able to become a patron at all, it would be a ton of help and very much appreciated. This week we saw a maintenance release for Kodi seventeen point five Entertainment Center. This new release includes an update to FFmpeg three point one point eleven, and now supports Retina displays. Uh, they've also included a lot of bug fixes and things like that, but mostly it's just a maintenance release. But I did want to point out that if you are just if you are interested in Kodi. And trying out the latest release, make sure you get the absolute latest release because a couple days ago they released 7.5, and then recently they found a bug that they needed to rebuild, and so they made 17.5.1. Now, another thing I wanted to talk about as far as Kodi goes is LibreELEC. So for a long time there's this, there's been an app a distro based on Kodi. That uses Linux as the core, and it's been known as OpenELEC, and it was been like it's pretty much been the the go-to that people have been suggesting for a very long time. Well, about a year and a half ago, roughly, OpenELEC was forked from to LibreELEC, and LibreELEC is a more non-profit profit style, uh, community-oriented approach to the same idea. So. If anybody suggests OpenELEC, I th- I think you should change that suggestion to LibreELEC immediately because it is much better. Not only is it much better as far as features, it's more useful because they provide a lot of cool tools. Like their installation tool is really cool because you can just install this tool on a, a USB drive or something and then automatically download the ISOs for that particular device while you're installing. It's It's really cool. And another thing is that LibreELEC is much faster to update than OpenELEC. OpenELEC has not had a release since June of this year. There's been multiple Kodi releases since that time, but OpenELEC has not had any. LibreELEC's latest release was today. Of recording this, this episode, they released the they the latest version of Libreelec two days after the latest version of Kodi was released. That is impressive. So if you're definitely if you're looking for a, a distro to use as an appliance for, you know, like a Raspberry Pi or something like that, absolutely check out Libreelec. AnyPaste is command line file sharing utility that automatically picks the best host for your files. It supports many services by default, and it also is extendable for those who want to make their own plugins for uploading to different services. You, what's cool about it is that you can say any paste, and then put the file, the the path to that file, whether it's in the same folder you're running, like your home folder, or if it's wherever in the file system, and then it will just auto detect based on what kind of file it is. So if it's a video, it uploads to video sites, but not like YouTube, but more like Sendvid stuff like that. Um, and if it op- if it's an image, it'll upload to like an image site like Tiny Image or Imager if you want. But is not supported by default. You could, but you could make an extension for that. So it's not a, it's not an application per se. It's a shell script. So there's the, the installation process for installing it is a lot is a bit different than most applications I've covered on this show. And you can find that link in the video. the video description and the show notes. Lightworks Video Editor 14.1 Beta was released this week with over 130 improvements and bug fixes from version 14.0. I've tried version 14.0 in the past, actually just a few days ago, and it's quite good. There's a bit of a learning curve still that I'm dealing with. I mean, it's not as bad as it used to be, because 13 and older, the interface was chaotic, to be nice about it. (laughs) So... The learning curve is a lot less than it used to be, but it's still a little quirky in certain cases. And I'm a fan of Caden Live, so I'm still going to use Caden Live for all of my editing at this point. But I do like to give other editors a chance when they come out with new versions, so we'll see how Lightworks holds up to the uh, competition. RTV, or Reddit Terminal Viewer, was released this week for version 1.19.0. Reddit Terminal Viewer is pretty much exactly what you think it is. It is a viewer or content display of Reddit in your terminal. It's using Python and the curses library for the display. It's actually pretty cool because it's a very, very fast method of browsing Reddit. And the, the really cool thing about it is that when you do. When you do use RTV, it has a threading system, so like you can see in the screenshot that it actually displays threads underneath each other, just how Reddit would, but in your terminal. So it's pretty cool, and if you're a fan of the terminal applications and you're a fan of Reddit, definitely check it out. This week, Ubuntu announced that they have released new snaps for the GNOME applications, the GNOME stack. And now, if you're not aware why this is actually important... It's because GNOME apps have notoriously unmaintained in pretty much every distro, and it's because GNOME apps don't—they don't, requ- don't require—they don't provide their own packages. They allow all distros to package all of their apps, and that what—that's—that's that's fine in general. But what that means is that the latest versions of applications are never packaged for older distros. So, for example, like an LTS distro of sixteen oh four. Never get an update to Epiphany or GNOME Maps or you know Cheese or anything like that. You would you'd never get that. So for the forever the entire existence of GNOME that has been a problem. If you use any of these applications, you'd have to use a distro that's a rolling release or something to get those applications or get those updates. Now this is cool because Ubuntu's turned all of these apps into snaps using the new Snap, like the GNOME. 326 runtime snap and they've already made it so that 29 out of the 35 no maps have been updated with snaps so you can just use them right now on any distro and any version distro that supports snaps the cozy audiobook player was had a release this week a new version and I thought it was pretty cool to check it out because it's got a lot of interesting things that I've wanted in a player for a very long time for not only audiobooks, but also podcasts and things like that. So, for example, it has playback position saving, so as like, soon as you stop using the application, it'll just save where you were. That's really good, and that's something I would, I've always wanted for a desktop version. I mean, I've had it for my phone, but it's definitely nice to see in some in a desktop version. Then they've also added a 10 second rewind function, which you can just automatically click back 10 seconds. So you can, if you miss something, you can go back quickly without having to, like, you know, randomly jump. Um, There are some issues, though. It doesn't support um, certain types of formats like M4A and M4B, as well as Audible. But naturally, supporting Audible, it makes sense. Not supporting Audible makes sense Uh, because they're DRM'd. But there's also a couple features that they do not have, but they have announced that they are coming. Is playback speed control so you can increase the speed of certain types of content, like certain audiobooks. I'm not whether you certain in the sense of like what you would want to skip and what you like what you want to speed up, and what you don't. Not like it's only specific types or anything. But it's really cool to be able to increase your speed, playback, and they're also adding a search timer. What? No. They're adding a sleep timer and search. For some reason, it came out <laughs> exactly... Anyway. Anyway. So, sleep timer and search. Um, so, this is a pretty cool uh, application, and I look forward to giving it a try. I haven't tried it yet, but it is something that I am interested in because I do listen to audiobooks and podcasts quite a bit. But that play, that playback speed control is... Pretty much a requirement for me, so I hope that comes out pretty soon. The CDLA, or the Community Data License Agreement, was announced by the Linux Foundation this week. And The CDLA license, there's two licenses, and they offer an effort to define a licensing framework to support collaborative communities built around curating and sharing open data. Basically, it's like the GPL for data sharing. Now they they didn't really go into like super detail as like what kind of data they're referring to, but it just seems like just, you know, data collection in the the current space of the cloud computing infrastructure. Data collection is pretty rampant, really. So at this case, at least they can make it where you can get more access to it and be more transparent about it. So this does sound pretty good. Uh, hopefully it's adopted by a lot a lot of companies. We'll see. The newest version of Mir was released last week with 0.28, but one of the biggest things that people have wanted Mir to do is to work on other distributions. And this week they announced that Mir has, has now been made to work on Fedora. They don't have a release for it yet, they're just pr- showing it as a proof of concept, but with 0.28.1 which we don't really know when that's coming. But that one will have a, have support for running on Fedora. So that's pretty cool to show the progress for Mir. And it's also interesting, the fact that a lot of people don't know Mir still exists, because they assume that because Unity was gone, that Mir was also gone. But Mir has a lot more potential than just being a display server. In fact, it has a lot of potential to be a compositor for Wayland. So there are some DEs that are considering... Adopting Mirror as the compositor for future releases, so that's interesting too. But I just wanted to show that Mirror is not just for Ubuntu anymore, so that's pretty cool. Up first this week in distro news is Ubuntu 18.04 LTS has been has received their announcement of the code name for the distro, which will be Bionic Beaver. The most notable thing that they released in the information was also that the, the this version of Ubuntu 18.04 Will be mostly focused on stability and reliability, though that's pretty much what it's always focused on when it comes to the LTSs. So that's not really surprising, but there, it's going to be a lot of cool things because they're going to have to, you know, fix some bugs that was uh, was found in seventeen ten. Because you know, there's always bugs for all software. So it's definitely going to be something cool to look into. And um, just to point out that the the bionic beaver image that I'm showing here is not made for this particular release. This is made an, just an art piece I found from DMAC on DeviantArt. So if you want to look at more of his stuff, he's got a lot of like interesting robotic animal drawings, but I just thought that was kind of funny. So anyway, Ubuntu 18.04 has, supposedly will have Linux kernel 4.15, and they're planning to have GNOME.328 when it releases the month prior. So I'm definitely looking forward to 18.04. Probably more so than I was looking forward to 17.10, and that was quite a bit. <laughs> this week, the Linux Mint team announced that they are going to discontinue their KDE edition in their monthly newsletter, I guess. They said that the Linux Mint 18.3 of, uh, will be the last release of the Mint KDE version. But that doesn't mean that you can't use KDE Plasma inside of Mint, because the Kubuntu repos will still technically be available and you could still install the desktop through the Kubuntu desktop um, meta package. But to be fair, KD, KD Plasma version in Mint isn't really that needed. I mean, it's kind of needed, it was kind of needed in the past, like many years ago, but it's been a while since we've really needed it. A couple years, about two years or so since it's been important because we've had things like kubuntu at 160 1604 and kde neon where both were lts based and both had both had kde plasma 5 so you you don't really need a mint kde for that especially when you think about it mint kde was pretty much just kubuntu with like some custom skinning and theming and stuff like it wasn't really that much different i mean if you look at the the core of mint kde is like vast majority of stuff is is from kubuntu like especially the kubuntu backports cuz you can see that there's a lot of things that are pulled from the backports put into mint and things like that so you could just use kubuntu 1604 and probably have the same situation same setup other than the theming stuff and the icons and stuff like that but it makes sense that linux mint is now you know consolidating their efforts to work on cinnamon version and i assume the mate version too they didn't really specify exactly if they were going to drop anything else, but um, it's still it is it's really good that they're going to consolidate their efforts because um, they they need to. This week in the newsletter, Linux Mint also announced that they are going to be using flat packs from the in for the foreseeable future, and by default, flat packs will be fully supported. What that means is that they're going to have flat pack uh, two Flatpak repos pre installed, available by default uh, the Flat Hub and GNOME's app repo. Basically, the Flat Hub is the only thing that really matters, but it's really cool to have both of them because Flat Hub doesn't always have GNOME apps. I don't think they actually have them at all, but uh, either way, it's good because Flat Hub is definitely important and a centralized software repo structure is very important. And finally, Flatpaks have that, so that's good. They're also going to integrate Flatpaks into the Linux Mint Software Manager, so you can just install Flatpaks through the, the GUI. So that is nice. Now, when you look at the, 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 the news report about it, they say, you know, we, you have a big question of, why would you choose Flatpak rather than Snaps or App Images or something like that? Why did they pick specifically Flatpak? And they give a couple reasons why they chose Flatpak. Here's here's a, here's three I'll give you. And then I'm gonna address something after that. First, they said it runs multiple versions of this. You can run multiple versions of the same app side by side without any issue. Flatpak's apps run in their own isolated mini environment. Then you can also install the very latest software even on a stale, stable LTS base. So if you're if you're familiar with Flatpaks and Snaps and App Images, that those statements might seem weird. If you're not familiar, they're weird because all of those things also apply to snaps in every way. If you look at all of the stuff they they mention in their notice and in the, in the announcement, everything they talk about that applies to flat packs and the reasons why they chose flat packs also apply to snaps. So they didn't address why would they pick snaps? I mean flat packs instead of snaps. They just this is why we're choosing flat packs. So, unfortunately, we don't really know why they pick flat packs over Snaps, and uh, hopefully they will announce why at some point. But, to be honest, Men is not known for being very transparent with their information, so might be a while before we know for sure. Kane, I think it's pronounced Kane? 9.0 Quantum Operating System was released this week. And CANE stands for Computer Aided Investigative Environment. So it's a distro. It's a really cool distro that it's for digital forensics and recovery. So I just thought, I just want to include this because this is really interesting. And it's a lot of powerful tools that I'm not familiar with. A lot of them. Uh, I have used test disk and like photo recovery and stuff like that. So that's cool. But there's things in here that way above my head. So... I'm going to have to try out try it out and like learn some of this stuff because this looks pretty cool and very useful. It also has some Windows tools so you can like repair Windows things like that. So anyway, this is pretty cool. It's based on Ubuntu, it uses Mate, Kane 9.0 Quantum. Antix 17 was released this week. I'm going to mess this up probably. The code name for it is Heather Higher. I don't think it's Hair, but maybe maybe it is. I don't know. Anyway, uh Antix is an interesting distribution because it's it's this latest version is based on Debian 9.2. But the biggest probably the biggest thing about antics is that they're systemd free. So if you don't like systemd, this might be a good distribution to check out. I, I there's also like things like DevOne that are systemd free, but DevOne, for example, doesn't have systemd. It's Debian without systemd, but it's also Debian Jesse, so it's really old and all the packages are really old. Whereas Antix is Antix 17 is Debian 9.2, so it's very up to date. And a very cool aspect about it is that if you want to use like Debian testing or Debian Sid, you can do so inside of Antix. You just need to change an uh, optional repo setting so that you can use, you know, even more up to date packages. So that is pretty interesting. And if you're if you're curious about Antix, they use they're just a web web manager distribution that, but they have four options for that. You have uh Ice WM, Fluxbox, JWM, and Herbsluft Web window manager. So give Antix seventeen uh give it a try and let me know what you think. The All Systems Go 2017 conference was uh was this week. And they just now released videos for the keynotes of the conference. Now, some people have said that this is the System D conference. But it's not really a SystemD conference. It's an open-source community conference for low-level user space technologies. Which, that basically means, like, yes, technically SystemD is one of those things, but also containerizations and things like that, like Kubernetes, stuff like that is also a part of this conference. So it's not like it's not like the system D conference, but it is like, there's a lot of focus on system D in this conference. So you know, what better way to end the topic, you know, to transition from one topic to another than to talk about a digital that doesn't want system D and a conference that heavily involves System D. Purism's Librem 5 campaign, crowdfunding campaign has ended this, this week. And they raised over two point one million dollars, so that their their total campaign wanted one point five million dollars, and they reached a over one hundred and forty percent above their their end goal. It's kind of small on my screen, so let's say it's one it's one forty three point five two. I think that's what that says. Anyway. Uh, they also announced this week that the Librem 5 will include a partnership with Nextcloud for Integried encrypted file storage and services. So that is pretty cool. Add that with the in partnerships with GNOME and the KDE Foundation, or is it called the KDE? I don't think so. The KDEEV. Anyway, that doesn't matter. With the, agree, with the agreement, the partnerships they made with Nextcloud now, GNOME. KDE, and I assume they're probably going to keep making more. Oh, they also have Matrix partnership too. They're probably going to do some more uh, community partnerships for different services and things. So I look forward to seeing what else they're going to be doing because that's pretty cool. And um, now, if they don't do any more, I'll kind of be disappointed. So I expect some more partnerships. (laughs) Up first in Linux gaming news this week, the Steam Halloween cell... Is live and and is available until November first. So if you're looking for some haunted games, definitely check out some of these. Not all of these are Linux based, but a lot of them are. Like Seven Days to Die, Dying Light, uh, Crypt of the Necro Dancer. I think that's actually down here somewhere. Yeah, this one right here. It's not really scary, but it's it's kind of a fun game. Um, but there are a few games like Se- Seven Days to Die is pretty scary as far as like. It's not jump scary, whatever. But anyway, there is one game in here that oh, this Outlast game. Oh, that's scary. That's a creepy game. So if you're looking into looking, you want to get some good scare games out. Definitely check those out because uh, Outlast was is a. Anyway, um, Amnesia is pretty cool. I like that one. De- Death Road to Canada is funny because it's like it's a zombie platformer fighting game it's not really scary it's just it's just fun. But anyway, that is the Halloween Steam Sale and there's a lot of, you know, a lot of games get like up to 80% off and stuff like that. Next up in the show is the another pretty scary game. If you're not scared by these other games, this is a definitely another one. So Comedy Night is a game currently 20% off. Well, it's not really cheap expensive in the first place, but 20% off now. Uh, up until, uh, until November first, comedy night is a scary game because it's a game where you perform on a stage in front of other players and just say whatever. So you could, there's singing, there's singing, there's there's a comedy thing, there's like rap battles, uh, there's like stand up battles, stuff like that, a bunch of stuff. It's just basically, it's kind of like a glorified chat room. <laughs> it's like a glorified Discord server or Mumble server. But, it's still kind of fun. And especially because you can like applaud or boo and stuff like that. Um, So, if you haven't seen this, check out some like Let's Plays on YouTube. They're pretty funny. Um, But yeah. So, this is... is, It kind of... I understand it's kind of like scary or scary, not scary. Uh, I'm kind of like making a joke. But also, in a way, it kind of is. It's like, oh... If you have stage fright, it might be a way to fight that, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, check it out. <laughs> Next up in the lit in the show is uh roller robot roller derby disco dodgeball. I'll say that again because I messed it the first time. Robot roller nope. Robot roller derby disco dodgeball. Robot roller derby disco dodgeball. Okay. There we go. We got that. Um robot roller derby disco dodgeball is a game where you basically it's like a first person shooter, but you ride around with a robot throwing a disco dodgeball. <laughs> uh it's very it's very apt. The name is very uh apt to the gameplay, but it's on sale for eighty percent off, so it's only like two dollars to play it. And um I've actually been waiting this is on my wish list. I, I can't really explain why I want to play this, but if you look at a, like the videos on the Steam page or on like YouTube, it does look pretty fun, even even though it's also pretty ridiculous. Uh, but if you want to play it with against me, let me know in the Telegram uh, Telegram group, which is uh, TuxDigital.com slash Telegram, or in the Discord server, which is tuxdigital, TuxDigital.com slash Discord. Another game that I'm pretty interested in playing that I'm not sure if I'm going to get, because it's kind of expensive. Even though it's on sale for 20% off, it's still like $14, roughly. So, it's kind of, I'm not sure. But, it does look really fun. It's like the ultimate mini-game game. game. Um, I've seen some people play it on YouTube, and it looks pretty fun anyway. So, I might buy it. I might wait until another better sell. I don't know. Anyway, uh... If I do buy it, feel free to contact me in the Discord or Telegram as well. So, because you know, mini games without people to play with, probably not that interesting. <laughs> but it looks like um, if you ever use an, if you ever play this game called a uh, Fusion Frenzy, which is like massive multiplayer, um, not massive. Sorry, it's a multiplayer uh, mini game thing that I used to play a long time ago on the Xbox. Um, I think they still make it, but. This game looks kind of similar to that, but also like very quirky and stuff like that. So I, uh, I definitely want to play it, but we'll see how long I wait before I get it. <laughs> the last topic on the show today is the news for the upcoming F1 2017 version for Linux. It'll be released on November 2nd, and it's going to support Vulkan by default. So that is pretty cool. I mean, it also works with, works with OpenGL as well, so it's not like just Vulkan, but very cool that you can have Vulkan support. So if you're into racing games, especially F1 games, definitely check out uh, F1 2017. Um, I'm I'm interested in playing racing some racing games, but I don't know. These these F1 games look like they're more difficult than I'm good at, so I don't know. I might even do it anyway, just like stream it you know, streaming on the YouTube channel or on Twitch or something just to show people how bad I am at racing games. (laughs) We'll see. Thanks for watching this episode of This Week in Linux. If you like what I do here on the show, please hit that like button and be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to support the channel, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash touchdigital. Or you can order the Linux is Everywhere t-shirt by going to touchdigital.com slash linuxiseverywhere. Just a reminder, the show is live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, tentatively, 1 p.m. Eastern. So join us in the live chat room to discuss all the latest news for the Linux canoes of each week. Thanks for watching. I'm Michael Tanell with Hux Digital, And as always, keep using, learning, and enjoying Linux.